Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 81 for Tuesday, September 29th. I'm Alex Uwe here today with Barbode Markazi. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Um, for those of you that don't know um, about our situation, uh, due to COVID, I, I left school for a little bit and I went back home. And I did not have my microphone with me. So for the last like six months, any of our podcasts that I've been a part of, I've had to use AirPods or a different form of mic. Now I'm I'm happy to be back with the microphone that I normally use this on. So I hope I sound a little better for all of you. Yeah, I think so. I, I he's a new man, new mic, new man. And yes. it's it's a two man show today. It's just gonna be you and me. We're gonna be riffing about the the end of the regular season. Baseball season has come and gone, and it is playoff time already. <laughs> That's yes. I'm not. I'm honestly not really prepared. I don't feel like I'm in playoff mode still. Uh, no, that yeah. This whole season, I haven't felt like I'm in. Like I know I've been in baseball mode, but it's also been just weird. So it's been overall just a little black. Yeah, but definitely I'm, I'm weird. Excited to talk some baseball. Yeah, we have a lot to to do today. We're gonna talk, of course, about all 16 teams. My goodness, that will be playing the playoffs not not too in depth we'll, we'll talk about the the bigger storylines there uh that all begins well today as of as of releasing the the american league side starts tuesday and then you got a full slate of eight games on on wednesday i believe my goodness it's a lot of a lot of playoff baseball uh not going to complain about that though there there are things that we will complain about we'll complain about um some really really poor umpiring on the last day of the regular season that got a lot of people pretty upset especially Giants fans um we'll talk about the teams have made it into the playoffs with a losing record because of course that was going to happen um (laughs) we'll talk about the the most psychotic baseball player at the moment Trevor Bauer has, has reached new levels of just competitive ferocity and and frankly just confusion so we'll, we'll talk about him and his in his accolades and his shenanigans and, and everything else and um then we're gonna go ahead and revisit some things that we talked about at the start of the season some predictions that we had as well as some of the the 60 game records that existed heading into the season we'll see if anything changed um as, as we thought they could. So that's a lot of stuff. Let's just, let's just do it. Let's start with the Giants because the National League side of the playoffs was the only thing being fought for in the last weekend of the regular season. The Blue Jays clinched uh, earlier on, I think, on Friday. So the, uh, the Giants, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the... Uh, who else uh, a bunch of teams were fighting for not enough spots and the giants were the ones who narrowly missed uh it, but it's the way that they missed that really got people upset um just an awful game of of uh pitch calling by home plate umpire rob drake it's been a season filled with some horrible performances we've talked about it at length in the this past. season feels like uh, it was just MLB. For whatever reason, I know MLB probably couldn't have affected that. Like the umpire's pitch callings 
but it just feels like it was MLB's attempt to be like, we need an electronic strike zone. It seems that way. You know, they're they're really the best advocates for the the automated strike zone seem to be the umpires right now because they just keep turning out performances in the most crucial of games that result in this. Uh, and it was not solely against the Giants. It, the the Padres were suffering from some terrible strike three calls and just terrible pitch calling in general. But but man, that's that's such a deflating feeling as a fan to see the game just taken from you. It's one thing to see your team just come up short by not getting the job done, but but when it's it's taken out of their hands when it when there's nothing they can do about it, that's that's gotta hurt. So yeah, I, I feel for the Giants fans right now. I really do. I, I thought they they were an interesting team. They were one that nobody expected to do anything related to the playoffs. There's a few teams definitely like a that huge surprise in twenty twenty. Um, yeah, yeah. It it was one of those seasons that you automatically wrote the Giants off because uh, they had, I mean, they're still kind of in that phase of I guess where the Phillies were before they went on that ultra rebuild where they have a bunch of old old dudes on contracts still, um, but now we've had so many guys on that team come out and just surprise us, and it's it. It was exciting. They were a fun team to watch. Yeah, it was the year of Mike Yastrzemski and, and Donovan Solano and, and Kevin Gosman and a bunch of names that really overperformed in, in a really Those short Those are some season. names that if you ask a non-Giants fan, like other than the diehard baseball fan, a non-Giants fan, they, would, they wouldn't be able to tell you what team they're on. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you could probably ask some diehards. They wouldn't be able to tell you <laughs> last year what team those three are. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's just the way the way it went down. They will not see any uh, even year playoffs uh, this time around, and it's it, it's going to be hard to see them making it in a normal year. I'm going to be honest. Uh, they they had this was their chance to uh, sneak in somehow in a in a really weird year. So moral of the story: please get some automated strike zones in there the umpires are are making it really hard hard to watch and that was never my moral of the story but that was honestly, my moral of the story <laughs> after watching that season maybe maybe I, I think giants fans would agree biggest takeaway wasn't wasn't how close their team got it's it's get these umpires out of here it's like stop letting them decide the fate of the game uh it's maddening it's maddening so we're gonna uh, let's let's move on to the next instance of just weirdness going on with the playoffs the Astros and the Brewers both made the playoffs with a losing record for the first time ever which <laughs> is not shocking Wait, so cheating helped, huh? well this year they didn't even need to cheat they were like we can just be bad and make the playoffs let's do that so they did um <laughs> that's that was the plan for them all along I guess and this is the first time that's ever happened, of course, because normally the playoff teams are, are the better teams in the league. And I mean, it's clearly they were both, um, they were both disappointments. I mean, the Astros. I was going through our um, predictions podcast right before this, and we were all saying they their level of talent on the field is really discounted right now because of how much people hate them, and they are a very talented ball club. But I, I mean. 
once Grinky went down with an injury, once Berlander went down with an injury, it was very difficult to um, it, to imagine a pitching staff, uh, like a pitching staff full of basically young dudes and rookies and um, unproven guys leading a, a team like the Astros. And I mean, their offense is still very stacked and very talented, but they didn't play like that. They had several guys who were who spent for the first at least half or three quarters of the season extremely cold. I mean, Jose Altuve, my God, what happened to him? Yeah, you can speculate about what what the reasoning is for for the the slumps across the board for the Astros, and they are really not the scary team that that we thought they they were mainly because Justin Verlander went went down for the count and. Uh, you know they had they had some con- contributions, some pleasant surprising guys like Kyle Tucker and, and Framber Valdez, and it it's it was enough apparently to make it there. The Angels the Angels tried at the end; they really did. If I think if the Dodgers just let the Angels sweep them to end the year, they they would have uh, would have made it because the Astros dropped the series to the Rangers at the end of the year. But alas, yeah. we have to watch Astros in October again. And you know they they've been there. They they're a scary team, no matter how you shake it. That's that's the one thing about about this uh, no no free series, no buy for the the top teams is you're they're gonna run into some good teams down the the seven eight seeds that that have a lot of potential to just take take them out. So. Well, I don't. Let's let's go ahead and get to that now. Let's let's just talk about the the matchups that we'll be seeing. We'll we'll go through one at a time. Uh, some some won't take too long to spend time on. Uh, let's start with the American League ones though, because those start today on Tuesday. Wow, already. Already. <laughs> so the Astros and the Twins is going to be the matchup there. The Twins heavily favored by most metrics and their starting pitching's been been pretty darn good with Kenta Maeda leading the way he's going to start game 1 so i don't know what team what team do you like more there between the two we didn't really talk about the twins I, at all i don't want to sound like i'm an astros hater and i love Zach Greinke um i've always been of the mindset though that you cannot be successful in the playoffs unless you have a dependable guy to go to in, in your starting rotation every game, at least for three games, so when someone can come back on three days, four days rest. And that's one of the reasons I'm honestly pretty high on the Reds. Um, the Twins just have a much a much bet, better advantage. I don't know why I can't talk today. A, a higher advantage on, on the Astros in just the pitching department right now. Obviously, there have been some um, Astros pitchers who've come out and surprised us come out and just like I said there's so many young guys on that team like Framber Valdez he's he, he did very well this season in the situation that he was um, thrust into um, I I just feel like you can't rely on Zach Granke to throw his EFIS game one game two game <laughs> three game four um, well it's a three so, game it's a three game series so definitely exactly. not game four so, so you can't you can't do that and I feel like you have uh, the twins rotation um, the ageless, uh, but always awesome uh, Nelson Cruz and and company in in Minnesota. I think Minnesota's got this. Maeda 
had a stretch throughout the season. I mean, he was doing so well. Uh, almost all of the runs he was giving up were on solo home runs. And other than that, he was doing a really good job keeping players, um, batters off, uh, uh, runners off the bases. He was doing a good job limiting the runs when they scored. So overall, I have the Twins. Yeah. What an understatement. Ken Tomeda doing a good job keeping people off the bases. If you, you know, if you were to include this as a, as a as a full season, then he has the second lowest whip of any pitcher in a season ever. You know, the .75 whip. Like, yeah. holy cow. What a season for him. Um, what a great signing. Yeah, really. Really was. He, he came to play. So, I like the Twins, too. Get the Astros out of here. Enough, enough with them. They're losing Absolutely. record team. Get them out of here. Alright, the White Sox and the A's are going to be playing. The White Sox are definitely the... Uh, the rising team, the A's, just kind of do it every year. Uh, but they're pretty intriguing, too. So, A's with home field advantage. By the way, each of these series, the higher seed has the home field advantage for the whole series. Yeah. So, yeah. Who, just who do you like more? What, like, what are the biggest pieces there? Um, Honestly, I, I, I'm really sad Matt Chapman went down with that injury. Uh, I've, like I said, I went back and listened to our predictions podcast and things you were saying about the A's, man, uh, the, the A's have magic. And I feel like if the A's magic were to work in any season, it would be the 60 game season with the 16 playoffs and a three game playoff series. Uh, I think the A's win this one, they might make a run in the playoffs. They, they're, it, they just need to get hot. They have um, pretty solid starting pitching. They have a good bullpen. Liam Hendricks has been outstanding um the but the problem here is the it's the white Sox are on i feel like they were just as exciting but just in a different division and because of the divisional races some of us who um some of us on the west coast didn't get to see them as often but they're they have great offense they have pretty solid starting pitching um giolito looks like he figured something out keichel is being keichel um it's, this is going to be a. I, I think this is going to be a better series than Twins uh, Astros, but I still have the A's going on. It's going to be higher seeds so far. It's going to be a very high octane series. The White Sox might have the best lineup in baseball, and the A's, like you said, just sort of have magic. They're 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 always in it. Um, but the problem here <laughs> is that the A's have magic. Always, uh, like they're always like a solid, like they they have a cycle that they go through. They they build their teams up young in-house trade for some in-house guys and they're re- they're really good. Bob Melvin's a great manager. Um, and then once those guys get to the higher paying arbitration years, they trade them away, rebuild and then start that over again. But their magic normally in a season, they're a pretty solid team throughout the season and then their last couple the last month or two is just absolutely like they're torching the league. So if you're just considering who's torching the league, it would probably be the A's um, going into just going into that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I think I think I take the White Sox still. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remain consistent on poo pooing the A's this year for for no real reason. <laughs> uh, it's okay. So, do you think is it too close to call for you? Or are you gonna? you gonna call somebody no i like i said i think if 
the A's magic was going to work and not run out of steam in any year, it would be a 60-game season. So I, I'm still pretty heavily confident in the A's. I love their manager, like I said. Okay. Um, but the White Sox are here here to win for the next however many years. So I, I'm, it's, not tr- it's not a knock on the White Sox whatsoever. It's more so I believe in the A's. Mm-hmm. Well, the White Sox might have the MVP and Jose Abreu. We'll see. We'll see who ends that is up true. with that one. It, well, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but the AL MVP is kind of a toss-up right now. It it's is. It's not a toss-up, but there's a lot of different guys up there. But, yes, Jose Abreu's had a fantastic year. Scorching hot. Yes. So the 1-8 seed series, the Rays and Jays, can, do we have to talk about it really? If the Blue Jays win this series, that it's going to be like the biggest upset <laughs> ever, basically. At least in my eyes, the Blue Jays don't have anything exciting enough to even to even like raise some eyebrows and say, I don't know, they could with, you know, look at these these talented guys that they have who could who could lead the way. They're starting Matt Shoemaker in Game One. Doesn't doesn't speak. I love that man. He's a good, he's a good man, good lad, but I don't think he quite stacks up or or has the uh, the shock potential. Uh, that's required for an eight seed to do anything interesting. So no, I, I think um, the Blue Jays are arguably. I I don't think anyone expected them to be a playoff series um, before the sixteen man, a playoff team before the sixteen man team, uh, playoffs <laughs> was announced. I don't know how to say that sixteen man sixteen team playoff was announced. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, I had the Rays at the beginning of the season winning the World Series, so I'm gonna stick with them. Okay, yeah, that's that's easy. That's an easy one. That's quick. The Yankees and the Indians is going to be a real nail-biter for me anyway, and probably the team that I wanted to face the least as a Yankees fan because we get to go that's... against Shane Bieber in Game 1. I mean, think, think about um, what I just said about the um, the first the Twins-Astros. I place a heavy amount of importance on starting pitching. Obviously, there's more to the game. Obviously, you need key clutch hits. Um, but uh, this is going to be a really interesting series just because although the Indians have lost some firepower in that staff, it seems like they just have four more guys every every couple years in, in their minor leagues who throw 95 and uh, with devastating breaking pitches. Yeah, Shane Bieber just wiped the floor with the rest with, in every pitching category, just across the board. One one of the best performances I've ever seen. It's it's incredible. And then I, I like our chances with Garrett Cole going up against him as a Yankees fan again. But it's going to be so close. It's going to be the most entertaining series for sure. The Indians have had a lot of momentum coming into the playoffs, uh, winning some close games down the stretch uh, to get even this matchup, which I don't know if is, is the most favorable matchup for them either. We'll see. You, you got to remember that, that these teams have not been playing each other, except for the Rays and the Blue Jays. None of these teams played each other during the regular season. That's, that's another thing to consider. Yes. That, so that, that might be, that might bode well for the pitching, honestly. I think um, so. I think it definitely favors pitching, uh, not, not getting a hitters, a chance to see pitchers at all leading up to that. I mean, take your, I know it's hard, but take your Yankees fan hat off and put an MLB, just a baseball fan hat on. Who do you honestly think has the advantage? I The Yankees have the advantage because 
of the lineup, which is essentially at full strength right now. There's it's it's always scary when the Yankees don't have their full strength lineup. But you could also argue that the Indians have the MVP and Jose Ramirez. Um, That's true. They also have Lindor. They have they have him, Lindor, Santana. They've been great. The rest of the lineup does does not stack up against even even the lower tier guy. The lower tier Yankees are guys like Aaron Hicks and Gio Urshela who just grind great at bats. Um, you know, like I mean, if you're looking at bullpen too, uh, obviously it's not just starting pitching; it's the entire staff. The Indians have the Yankees have a great a good closer, but I feel like if you asked me three four years ago about Chapman, I would be a lot higher on him than I am now. Um, Brad the Hand Indians know plenty struggled. about Errolis Chapman, that is true. Yeah, the Indians <laughs> know plenty. Uh, Terry Francona knows plenty about the Yankees overall. I mean, what what was it back in 2017 when Greg Bird took Andrew Miller deep too? Uh, you guys have some history with each other. There's a lot of history. But you know, the on-paper answer is going to be the Yankees. Just I, I'm going to look at it objectively. Going Going into this year... They were seen as one of the powerhouse teams. The Indians were not. So it, it really just comes down to, to who's hotter right now. The Indians gonna... have a lot of momentum, but the Yankees kind of do too. The Yankees have not been not been slouches. DJ LeMayhew, and again, another close AL MVP contender, uh, just seems All to I'm get it done. All I'm going to say is uh, I know without fans, home ballpark doesn't isn't as important. Um, regardless of where they're playing, because where's the AL again? Uh, they're playing in San Diego, and I think there's two locations. I can't remember the other location. I think regardless, you have Shane Bieber. A the Shane Bieber Garrett Cole is gonna be a really fun matchup. But if it, like let's say it it is a one nothing game Indians, I think I think game one is arguably. In the three-game series, the most it might be it. That might be game. the game. That might be the decider yeah. right there. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, because at that point, it's you could have a slugfest in game two, but you just need to be up by one. Um, so, I I I'm gonna play devil's advocate with you, and just because I know you're a Yankees fan, I'm going to pick the Cleveland Indians. I can and respect I love that. As a devil's advocate myself, I can respect that. Let's do the NL side. We will we will not draw draw on too long about uh the teams that we have biases towards don't worry <laughs> let's start with the the reds and the braves who this is probably my favorite nl matchup this is going to be such this a is going to be series. the oh series maybe we should have talked about this one last um, but this is the nl series to watch right here the man of the hour is trevor bauer wow that rhymed Ooh, oh i just spooky <laughs> this this man just we we talked about some incredible seasons that players have been able to accomplish in in this short period of time. He put up some of the most ridiculous numbers you can imagine, and he looks the part. He looks like a maniac on the mound, shouting at batters he strikes out, giving his Conor McGregor walk. He is oozing confidence every time He's he addresses the media. The Cincinnati Buds. He's literally renamed his own team. Um, there's so much about Trevor Bowers to like. He is doing his darndest to get paid uh, he's, in free he's agency. He's pretty much the most controversial player because some 
uh, I mean, if you guys don't watch uh, his videos, one of the one of his biggest gripes with the MLB has always been the second any player enters the league, they are sit they're sat down through a couple hour long just conference uh, in low A ball or pro ball in just like the first first level they go to, and they're told you're a professional baseball player now this is how you're supposed to act this is how you're supposed to post this is how you're supposed to blah 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 and he feels like that's one of the reasons major league baseball's popularity in the world of professional sports is dwindling because not you could a major league baseball player could walk around and you would you wouldn't recognize him but if um any player on the lakers any player on the clippers walk around right now you'd uh, walk around like the mall and and you see him, you'd be like, Oh yeah, that's, that's so-and-so, you know what I mean? Um, so he's definitely trying to bring life back into the game and I am all for it. Yeah. And secondly, one of the other reasons I'm a huge Trevor Bauer fan is this man is one of the biggest nerds. I'm not trying to go on a complete tangent from our playoff discussion, but this man is one of the biggest nerds I've ever like even just, he takes about like 50, <laughs> Uh, readings of himself every morning, the, uh, his pee, his um, blood, everything, like just a bunch of random stuff just to, and he has two statisticians that work full time for him and they're trying to basically figure out what correlation of measurements lead to better performance and what he can do to get to that. And then uh He's a driveline guy. I, I don't know how you can not be a Trevor Bauer fan if you're at least if you're a young baseball fan right now. This is great for the future of the game. Oh, I can see if you just think he's weird, which is oh he's definitely definite, weird. that's a I, that's I, an I, accusation right there. That is, is I, right on the I'm nose. not gonna say I I if I was in Major League Baseball I would act the way Trevor's doing, but that man definitely has some interesting viewpoints, and I can't really find myself disliking what he's trying to do for the game and how much um, effort and research he's doing to make himself better and lengthen his career. Yeah, you could you can do a whole podcast about Trevor Bauer. In fact, Trevor Bauer does a whole podcast about Trevor Bauer if you really want to know more about him. Uh, interesting points that, you know, we really can't talk too much more about because I don't, I don't know if there's much more to say. Like, these topics require so much more in-depth discussion than, than what, uh, frankly, I'm willing to offer right now when, when talking about this Reds uh, Brave series. So um, I'm, I'm going to do to do my thing and, and try to steer back that way. Trevor Bauer, Cy Young contender, probably frontrunner, one of 300 strikeout pitchers this year, had a .79 whip, didn't basically allowed no runs the and entire year. And mind you, he did that when like almost half of his starts were just messed with but either by rain delay covid delay covid um suspension like i mean covid postponement uh he was very adamant about how pissed he was about how he his normal routine his normal routine was getting messed with almost like at least it felt like half of his starts mm-hmm. uh, yeah n- not not unique to him but the reds definitely dealt with a lot of that uh, on their schedule so regardless, I personally, um, just looking at these two teams, I think the Braves are the team that people had as the obvious NL East choice to, to win that division. And the um, I know looking back at our predictions from June or July, we had 
the Reds as most of us had the Reds winning the division as a surprise team, but there weren't many people out there who thought the same. We were just very high on the Reds. And honestly, going I'm going to say it one more time, probably and probably even more. Pitching, pitching, pitching. That three headed monster that the Reds have in Bauer, Gray and Castillo is going to be deadly. I think I think in a three game series, if you could get those three on their a game it's it this is going to be a very tough series for the Braves to win and mind you I also had the Reds um going further in the playoffs in my predictions so I'm picking the Reds they were cold to start the year they got hot down the stretch and I think they have the momentum right now that might be true but the Braves might just not care how good that that pitching staff is because their offense might just be better than than anybody's pitching staff they have two MVP contenders this year, and that doesn't even include Ronald Acuna. So <laughs> they have a, an incredibly stacked lineup to go run out there against some Reds pitchers who, you know, Gray and Castillo on the other side of things like really talented haven't been flawless this year. They got they got rattled a little bit this year. But they on their, on their when they're on top of their game, they are very, very good. So... All I'm saying in the scenario that all three of them can go out, give them six to seven, eight innings. I think it's they have a pretty solid bullpen too. Amir Garrett, um, T.J. Antone came out of nowhere. Uh, I think overall that that pitching staff can help them get there. They have a good enough offense. Mm. I have the fair points. I'm still taking the the on paper favorites in the Braves myself. Well, that's as, fair. As, interest, as interesting as Trevor Bauer is to watch, I I just don't think the Reds have have nearly enough. The not only are the Braves incredibly talented, they're they're hungry. They they missed a great opportunity to to make their their World Series push last year. Got eliminated like in the I first said, round. I had the Reds going on deeper into the playoffs. I had them going to the World Series. Um, so I'm not right. going to back down from my prediction. Go for it. And Go right yeah. at it. I had a raised Reds World Series. I know you had a strange World Series too, but honestly, but all of our playoff teams that we predicted, I, I think, are have a pretty good chance at something. Perhaps, perhaps. So the let, let's talk Marlins Cubs. Please tell me the the only the only defense for the Marlins winning is that they've never lost a playoff series in the history of their franchise. Will what kind of what kind of wizardry is Derek Jeter going to pull? Is he going to put on a uniform and play like his 1998 self and or, and just go off for the Marlins and hope that something works? I it, you can't pick unlikely. Uh, yeah, you can't pick the Marlins right now. They're they're I think they're the same situation as the Giants, except the Marlins were out for two weeks because they had COVID. The Marlins have much better pitching, though, I will say. Uh, Sixto Sanchez, Pablo Lopez leading the way there could just go off. I do like how they're building that team. I think, give them a year, you could potentially talk about them being a year, like how we're talking about the White Sox being like a year or two away from just absolutely dominating baseball. I think the Marlins are maybe a year or two away from us even saying that. I think mm-hmm. like I like how that trajectory. I, I like where the team's trajectory is going. 
Yeah, but I'm I'm still taking the Cubs. <laughs> if that wasn't clear. Yes. Let's let's see you, Darvish. You, Darvish. Absolutely, Jesus. Let's see it, Kyle Hendricks. They got the, the Cubs. Still good. They 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 haven't been hot to end the season. They're they're still on it. All right, and yeah. then the last two series, the Padres and the Cardinals. Honestly, the Cardinals. I don't even know how they got here. They they have not been playing great regular season baseball at all. Somehow scraped their way here. They still have Paulie G. That's true. That's true. And I Adam know. Wainwright is still in the league. Somehow. He had a good year. It, it's weird for them. The Padres have to win this series, or else they have some serious things to reevaluate. That's 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 all I can say. They they are in a prime position to to push on here. They, they probably have the best matchup. I I would say the Cardinals even better matchup than the Marlins at this point. If I'm being honest. So you pick the Padres in um the to go on to the World Series back in July, and uh I think you should stick with that regardless. <laughs> I'm going um, to. It's we'll see what happens, I'm, but that's what I'm doing with. For the sake of AJ Preller's uh, tenure. Um, staying on the Padres, I am going to pick the Padres as well. All right, and then uh, the they... Dodgers. The Dodgers, the same kind of deal. Like yes. nobody's betting against the Dodgers in a three-game set, much less a normal series against the Brewers I mean... too. Who, again, the other sub-500 team to make the playoffs. Christian Yelich been ice cold. They have no pitching except for Brandon Woodruff. Uh, their bullpen's pretty good though. That, but that's it's not going to be enough. The Dodgers. I'm going to play one. The Dodgers gonna... lineup is unbelievable. I'm going to pick the Dodgers here, but I'm going to ask you a question. It's kind of just discounting what I have said all podcasts about how pitching, 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 about how the Reds have the three, the three guys at the top of their rotation, about how the um, the Twins have a better rotation than the Astros. Uh, I'm going to discount that a little bit and say, okay, so the Brewers do have one good pitcher, but then we also just say game one is – the most important game, arguably. So if, for whatever reason, would uh, the Woodruff is able to just shut down the Dodgers or keep them in the game, it could be a series. I'm still gonna pick the Dodgers. I don't think you can pick against them, but uh, I that's just me playing devil's advocate on the on my own pitching tape. Sure, I I suppose the game one momentum is huge. Dodgers got Walker Buehler going for them on on their side. I don't think they're I don't think they're scared. They're not scared. <laughs> let's let's leave it at that. That's that's all the series. We 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 did it. We got through all the playoff series and and shared everything there. Um, I so we talked a little bit about awards along the way, but if we were to just determine who who the big award winners are at the end of this regular season, it's looking like. There's there's a few obvious ones and a few contended ones. Um, I I think Matt Harvey's gonna take the Cy Young. Um, <laughs> okay. In both leagues. In both leagues, interesting, yes. interesting developments there. I think I think uh, the most interesting one of the most interesting ones I guess for me would be the AL MVP. Um, and yeah. the, go ahead and the why don't you just go and share all all the the candidates now. Yeah, so for the MVP in the AL, I think, I mean, we've mentioned a couple of them already. We mentioned uh, Jose Abreu. He's been Jose Abreu. He's, uh, ever since he's brought, came into the league, had a pretty high average, brought, drove in runs. Now he has more people on base to drive in. So he's he has a pretty good amount of RBIs. He's 
he's had a very, very solid season. He's been the, the center of that already potent offense. Um, Jose Ramirez, he had a pretty down start to the year. Actually, not even pretty. He had an extremely down start to the year last year. And people were like, what the heck happened to him? Because he was incredibly good in 2018. Um, and now he's back to being incredibly good. He's been the he's been right up there better he's been probably the best hitter on the uh, in, in an indians lineup that has francisco Lindor. uh and then i want to point out that also jose ramirez probably isn't the only potential mvp candidate on that team because i mean if you if voters are stuck enough about between jose Abreu, ramirez and some of the other candidates What's what about Shane Bieber? Um, we've seen uh, Justin Verlander in 2011. He had the pitching triple crown. He went on to win the AL MVP. Um, it's possible. I think. I, I I I think Shane Bieber might get some votes there too. I, he's had not only just a good season. He's had an amazing season. He he has. It's it's transcendent. He he wiped he tri- pitching triple crown, which doesn't matter the most anymore, but. 122 strikeouts in in how in how many starts like you know in in this amount of time is just unbelievable um in 12 starts he struck out 122 batters in 77 in a third inning like he will get votes i don't i don't think he's gonna win just because position players on a daily basis have more impact on the game as a general rule and the, the front runners on the position player side are super strong Jose Ramirez, for me, it has to be him because DJ LeMahieu and Jose Abreu, as great as they've been, Jose Ramirez has just kind of been better, honestly. Like, he's driven in... Okay, Jose Abreu just drove in all the runs this year, which, you know, it, it can count for something. He drove in 60 runs. But isn't that valuable? Nuts. It is valuable, is, but... Isn't that... But I mean, a lot I, of that has to do with the context of who's on base in front. Of, it's just the it's just the same problem that that RBIs usually have. Yeah, I guess my 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 issue with the MVP voting overall every year is how do you define it? Uh, sometimes it's by record, uh, and most times they do vote Cy Young and MVP by how their teams finished. Um, and I do get that. Like if someone goes out and hits forty home runs on a last place team they're probably a pretty valuable player but not extremely valuable to their team at that point but dude I mean, how are you making the anti mike trout argument right now as an angels fan? like what is wrong with you that, I, that or are you just saying that some like are you just saying that's a perspective that some people might have that you violently i don't think this with? is an anti mike trout i think it's an i think if you ask a regular great player yes that's anti them i you look at mike trout this is not just the MVP like he's been an MVP candidate every year of his career um and the only year that he fell off a little bit in the voting was when he was hurt for like a month and a half I and even then he finished with a great season I I think I don't think this is an anti-Mike Trout argument because Mike Trout is Mike Trout and he goes out and consistently leads the league in war and like he's never going to lead the league in, in like let's say home runs or RBIs or average, but he's going to be in the top three in all of those. Yeah, and, that's, it's, it's BS, though. And, it, it is the Mike Trout argument because Mike well, Trout's no, never no, been on a contend, contending team. I'm, I'm just going to say year year after year, 
the numbers are MVP level numbers. The only knock against him is, well, he's doing it on a team that's not even in the playoffs. Like, what? Why is that significant? And that's infuriating because Mike Trout deserves it in, in a lot of these cases. You give it to the best player. I don't care what team they're on. You give it to the player who is just no, the I best. That's I, it. So I get that. Maybe, maybe I'm. Maybe I've always histor- Like honestly, you're right. I'm. A, I'm an Angels fan also, so I have never argued against Mike Trout winning those MVP awards. I think honestly, you could just give it to Mike Trout this year because he's Mike Trout, even though he's not. <laughs> he hasn't like. Well, okay. Technically... I, I don't know about this. This year he didn't um, quite earn it. He was. He wasn't. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't Mike. The Mike Trout we know and love. But also, this year is a weird year, and he had a kid this year, so I think his mind. <laughs> may not have been 24 7 on the baseball field this year yeah but amazing that he was he's super close like he's he's gonna be top five mvp voting for sure he's exactly tremendous season again but he he just didn't he doesn't he didn't have a locked up like he has some other years um jose ramirez looks like the best on like numbers wise looks like the best candidate yes i i i think uh yeah i I'm, i'm right there with you I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess what I was trying to say with the whole MVP uh, argument that I was making is that I wasn't trying to make it anti-Mike Trout. I was trying to make it other than Silver Slugger. If there was a, if there was an award that was just best hitter in the league, well, uh, that's I different. think that it's different. Like we, I, I don't, I don't want to have the what is the MVP discussion <laughs> again. Yeah. Honestly, let's let's just move on. Let's move past it. Like we 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 have we have the we we talked about it. <laughs> I I think it's probably gonna be Jose Ramirez, personally, but could be it could be anyone. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, Ale Ale Rookie of the Year is a little bit tight as well. Um, there is there's Luis Robert and there's also why am I why am I blanking on the other rookie candidate? Do you, do you have help help me out I'm, here? I am blanking on the other rookie candidate too. Uh, oh, Kyle <laughs> Lewis of the Mariners. Oh so yeah, those, Kyle those Lewis. two, pretty pretty neck and neck there. They, yeah, Ky- uh, Luis Robert, incredible defensively. His slash line might not wow you because of his low average, but he covers like almost the entire outfield. He has power for days. Uh, and Kyle Lewis, he got off to a torrid start. I think he was hitting like yeah. 370 at some point, and then cooled down. They both they... really cooled down a lot, so it's it's not it's not as hyped a, a race as as it could. Yeah, be. I'm I'm wondering if you add a, 102 games to uh, the schedule. Like, obviously, they could probably still they would probably still bounce back, or they could. Or it could have been, it could be up. neither of them. It could yeah, be somebody totally be different by them. But that's not what we're talking about. I think if you're just comparing it between these two. Um, a lot of the hype will go to Lewis, uh, Lewis Robert, but I think Kyle Lewis has to get a uh, significant uh, consideration here. He's he was incredible. Yeah, he he might he might have he might get a little knocked or um, coming out last year towards the end of the year, just having a being bad. Um, but. I mean, Kyle Lewis, he had a higher war than Lewis Robert. If you're a batting average guy, which I don't think there's many people who prefer batting average over some other stats, higher batting average, he's going to be a stud. They're both going to be studs. True. How about how about, an, how about another one thrown in there? James Karinczak for the Indians. 
reliever just had an unbelievable year. 17.67 strikeouts per nine. When was the last time, I, I guess, was Andrew Bailey the last reliever that won Rookie of the Year? Yeah, I think so. It, it happens. It can happen. It's a short year. Uh, I, I, I feel like in a 60-game season, dominant. this would be the year for um, a mid a middle reliever. Yeah. he. Um, I mean, still had like a 2.67 ERA, which for a reliever is not like amazing. But well, he, he's one of those guys that always has the incredible incredibly high strikeout rate pretty high walk rate but i mean this this year his walk rate wasn't like as bad as people were assuming it might have been and he's he's just dirty yeah he is i I just wanted to throw his name there too um and then the al sign we talked about and then the nl side cy young probably trevor bauer could also be jacob Degrom or darvish but it's gonna be bauer yeah, I I think it's gonna be Bauer. Cement, I think, you can cement it with one start. He pitched the best at the end of the year. Yeah, I think Degrom arguably is the Mike Trout of the NL for Mike Trout MVP. Degrom <laughs> NL uh, Cy Young. They're going it's, to be in that consideration, top three, top five every year. It's true. It's true. Uh, then then we have the MVP, who I think is Freddie Freeman. Like I said, the Braves also have Marcelo Zuna, putting up insane numbers. There's also Mookie Betts. There's also Fernando think, Tatis. I think Freddie I, Freeman is cemented. It. I Juan think it's Soto. Freddie Freeman, no Let, doubt. Let's not leave Juan Soto out of the discussion, at least. Uh, Freddie I, Freeman. I want to point out a couple yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before the season, we went through a top uh, a sixty game record in the past. Freddie Freeman um, broke the doubles record. He had twenty three doubles. He bro- he broke the he's tied the RBIs record with fifty one RBIs. Uh, this man is just is he's also the nicest probably one of the most lovable guys in the game uh and he did i mean i don't want to say he did this after covid and this is why he should be he should get that but this man is this man is insane i i'm i'm a big freddie freeman fan i think he should get the mvp yeah i will say if not for a decent bit more more quantity of of at bats for freeman juan soto man holy cow what a season he had yeah yeah, there's unbelievable stuff. But like blue, blue Freddie, Fre- blue Freddie Freeman's rate stats out of the water. In all honesty, and Freddie Freeman hit three forty one, four sixty two, six forty. Juan Soto three fifty one, four ninety, six ninety five. So, yeah, <laughs> which could have either stayed, gone down, or gone up. So, um, yeah, but it's it's just it's just in a, such a short season. Juan Soto only got. 196 plate appearances and Freddie Freeman had 262. Like that that's the difference right there. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Um and then the rookie of the year, on the NL side. Who who was who was that? Who's there? <laughs> who's who's uh, I, there? I think honestly it's if you could give it to Jake Cronenworth. Um it, he was part of he was one of the biggest pieces of that Padres team that was so exciting. He Honestly, I I'm going to admit it right now. I didn't hear. I've never heard of him until until the Padres got good. Yeah, nobody until, did. He, yeah, so yeah, I I think there's some pitchers on the Marlins you could argue, like Cesar Sanchez. We mentioned you could argue to be there, but I would give it to Jake Cronenworth. Yeah, I I'm hard pressed to think of anybody else unless unless I'm just missing somebody really obvious. I don't think we are. There there weren't a whole lot of um, poised new rookies like that we're going to enter the scene this year. Uh, so I think that's, that's kind of where where things ended up. Uh, yeah, so that Tommy fan trade really ended up working for the Padres. 
apparently, apparently. So th those are the awards. We we wanted we wanted to talk about that. We got to talk playoffs. We got to talk awards at the end of the season. You just have to. You can't you can't skip that stuff. But we before we wrap up, we we do want to talk about some some 60 game season records that held and that were were broken this year. The, yes. Because we we talked about it at the beginning of the season and tried to to figure out like yeah some of these look very doable. Um, I can go down that list for you. Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and rattle them off. I think that's that's the best way to so, do it. So, 1922, Red Russell had 81 hits. And by the way, I want to point out that this is in a 60-game season. Let's say they got hurt or were called up. It's not any best 60-game stretches of of someone's career in, within a 162-game season. This is if a player played 60 games or less. Um, yes. So technically, Starling Marte it cannot be um, can, can't count. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that uh, we'll go ahead and mention that. Like Starling Marte played sixty-one games this year in a sixty-game season because he got traded to the Marlins, who had a lot of makeup games, and uh, if you remember from their from their COVID postponements. So yep. he uh, he even had off days and ended up playing more games than than the season was. That's that's pretty weird. Pretty weird. Yeah. So okay, uh, Reb Russell, nineteen twenty-two, had eighty-one hits. Uh, Trey Turner came super close to that. He had seventy-eight hits this year. Um, so that's something. Earl Brucker had three seventy-four. I don't know why I don't have the year on here. He hit three seventy-four in sixty games or less. DJ LeMay who hit three sixty-four. So he he was a, he was a little further than Trey was to that hits record, but pretty close. Um, home runs, uh, Matt Olson 2017 hit 24 home runs, and Luke Voigt this year hit 22 home runs. So that is uh... – he was he came super, super close to that also. Uh, then, honestly, the I mentioned this I mentioned this earlier with the Freeman talk. Uh, Bo Bichette and Alan Trammell both have, are tied for the record in 60 games or less with 18 doubles. And maybe – uh, Bo Bichette's name being in here shows that this, like this is more modern. Like this was a record that could be broken, but just modern. Um, Freddie Freeman hit 23 doubles. Dominic Smith of the Mets hit 21 doubles. Cesar Hernandez of the Indians hit 20 doubles, and Christian Walker hit 18 doubles. So we had four. We had three guys beat that record, and one guy tie it. Uh, that was uh, pretty pretty dang close, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Um. And then we have uh, in <laughs> in triples, Kyle Tucker of the Houston Astros hit six triples. Uh, Reb Russell, 1922, in that monster year, he hit eight. So Kyle Tucker came pretty close. Um, Reb Russell in 1922 also had 70, um, 75 RBIs. That was a record that we were pretty sure. Uh, he, he hit 51 RBIs. Um, wait, where am I? Yeah, he had 51 <laughs> RBIs. Uh, Reb, uh, and no, 75 RBIs. My goodness, I'm so sorry. And uh, we were pretty sure that was a record that wasn't going to be beat. Um, it wasn't. And we, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, Jose Breu, he had six. He had 60 runs batted in, and he was the closest to that. Um, run scored. Reb Russell. This is the 51. He scored 51 runs. Um, Freddie Freeman drove. Uh, had scored 51 runs uh he tied that record um on the dot stolen bases chili um eric davis had 16 uh, uh adalberto, Mar Ad adalberto mondesi 
hit um, had 24 stolen bases and Jonathan VR had 16. So we had one guy tie and one guy beat it pretty convincingly. Um, and then from there, Javi Baez had 96 strikeouts a couple years back. He sure tried to beat his games. own record. Yeah, but this year, Miguel Sano was like, no, nah, I'm going to try. Uh, he, hit, uh, he had 90 strikeouts. He was pretty dang close. Javi Baez uh, had the seventh most strikeouts. He had 75 strikeouts. So he, he didn't beat his own record, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, on the pitching side of it, uh, they we based this off of about 12 stars was probably the 12 to 13 stars was the average um, a pitcher would make in 60 games the record was nine wins um, nine wins and the two guys you Darvish and Shane Bieber had eight so they came super close to tying it no one passed it um, strikeout wise Steven Strasburg in his rookie year struck out an absolute boatload and I he struck out 92 guys. I think we know uh, Shane Bieber, 122 strikeouts. Jacob DeGrom, 104. Trevor Bauer, 100. Um, Luke Giolito, 97. Nola, 96. Uh, Garrett Cole, 94. Just destroyed destroyed yeah. the record. Yeah, uh, Max Scherzer, his own teammate, actually um, was the last one. He had 92. Okay. Um, so that that was pretty pretty dang close. Uh, from there, home runs allowed. Jared Eikhoff last year gave up 18 home runs, which is absolutely just absurd. Uh, Matt Boyd and Trevor Williams gave up 15 apiece, and Garrett Cole and Steven Matz and a bunch of other guys gave up 14 close. apiece. Close. So they were close, but close but no cigar. Um, Ryan Colmere of the Giants had 13 saves, which I in, in our predictions podcast, I, I said maybe that, that one could be beat. Um, Brad Hand had 16 saves, Liam Hendricks 14, and Josh Hader 13. No one else got there. We had um, a bunch of guys with 11 and 12, but uh, not to 13 or more. Mm. ERA, Josh Johnson, if you remember that year, back in 2011, he had a 164 ERA. Shane Bieber sneaks right in with a 163 ERA. Um, so he beats that record. Um, and now I'm just trying to pull up the war. Uh, but... That's that's all I got for you in the counting stat. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna backtracking just a little bit too. Something that I think we talked about in predictions was the home runs uh, by hitters and and how many players would reach 20. It was just one. It was just Luke Voigt who actually reached the 20 homer mark and hit 22. But 17 players hit 15 home runs in a 60 game season. That's absurd. Crazy. Yeah. Which you know, just simple, simple math problem right here that's like a 40 home run pace basically so th- that that's the equivalent like 17 players were, were hitting at that pace which you know makes sense in a shorter sample but um only one actually made it to 20 it was a little shocked um yeah and yeah and some of these war records were broken as well at least looking at fangraphs war um like jose ramirez and freddie freeman both beat brett Lowry's previous like single season 60 game 3.3 war gary sanchez had a three war season his rookie year as well in just 53 games so those were more likely to be broken it's it's rare to to see something like that um the pitcher side is similar is it not um i believe the highest actually i don't think anybody reached the uh the previous high in in war on the pitcher side of things I, i think Cliff Curtis 
in 1909 had a 3.8 war. Obviously, they threw a lot more back then, and war is, is very difficult to track since that time, but, you know, it's not super comparable. So I, I don't even think it's worth talking about, honestly. Yeah, um, I don't know. War doesn't stack and translate well um, in, in shorter samples. So that's that's it that that those are those are all the things that we that we had and i think that's going to do it for a podcast today i think that we covered everything we wanted it was a longer one but we we did want to get through all the playoff stuff and we we did we did so anything else to uh to say to people listening as as we head into the playoffs here um uh subscribe to trevor bauer and uh follow our podcast it is, is that the order of priorities there? <laughs> I, I guess so. Yes. We Trevor Bauer's cool. He he's a busy man. He's a busy man. Um, yeah, but no, for real. Subscribe to our podcast if you enjoy it. Rate and comment as well. We appreciate you sticking around to the end of it. Uh, and check out our website, beattheshiftbaseball.com. It's got our podcasts and articles, and everything else. At beattheshiftbp, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So, yeah, that's it for today. Thanks everybody. One last time, as always, Farbode. Peace.